Hi, I'm Justin Janetsko. I'm a former educator and chaplain for the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and now mostly interested in aspects of humanism. Hi, I'm Chris Bobianco. I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist community and enjoy challenging myself and growing through conversations. Welcome to the Talus Slopes podcast. If you're questioning the legitimacy of your Christian experience, you're not alone. We've been there too. That's why we're here. We're going to call out and condemn the toxic behavior and senseless narratives perpetuated by Christians, and we'll provide credible counterpoints and bring the receipts. Join us as we confront and weigh in on some of the craziest things Christians think, say, and do that often go unchecked here on the Talus Slopes podcast. We're back, Chris. Hello again. And why are we here? Uh, Let's talk about more video stuff. We are continuing on with our analysis and critique of the Taking a Bold Stand on Human Sexuality, a special message from Pastor Ted Wilson video that the Seventh-day Adventist Church, a conservative Christian (laughs) movement within the United States and beyond, (sighs) has issued in response to... I don't know, people like yourself just being yourself. Right. They will not stand for it, Chris. And yeah. they want you to know that they're taking a bold stand against you and your love. Hmm. How do you feel? Um, They don't know me. They don't know my life. That's all I have to That's say. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there more to say? Yeah. But, you know, we have, we have taken on the responsibility... Hmm. Of looking at this vid and pushing back on it, and we continue here today. So I have, yes, I have, as always, included the link for this for for this precious video in the description of this podcast episode. We are going to pick up where we left off from last time. If you haven't listened to the other episodes, you may want to go do that before you get to this. This is. Uh, part four of part our series. Four yeah, <laughs> hey. still not that far, but it's hey, fine. We're, we're putting in work. You know, we're a minute in. So, <laughs> a minute in. Yeah, we still have uh, 12 minutes to go. Very cool. Your mind will not get bored. Okay. Here we go. He talks. Today. For you see, friends, Satan is relentless in his fury, and the plain words of God continue to be under attack from all sides. One of the most obvious attacks today is regarding human sexuality, where God's word is turned on its head and interpreted the opposite of what is actually written. Okay, I do not agree with that statement at all. Right, it's now, very dramatic. I do disagree with Ted Wilson's theology and his beliefs right. regarding this topic and probably a lot of other topics. <laughs> the passages that he's referring to as being turned on their heads, these are the passages that conservatives believe condemn the LGBTQ IA plus community. That's what he's talking about specifically. Yeah. So he's saying that we have Christians out there reading these texts and saying, oh, the Bible says that a man shall not lie with another man as with a woman. That is detestable. No, the opposite of that is what we believe. And that's not necessarily what I believe. Well, it's funny to me. What necessarily is the opposite of that? Like, 
One shall not lie no. with a man as with a woman. One should lie with a man as with a woman. Is that the opposite? I, I guess. Or maybe he's thinking a woman should not lie with another woman as with a man. I have no idea. I, it could mean anything, I guess. Regardless, it's not the opposite. It's not the But I think the point that he's trying to make is that this verse is saying gay is bad, but the other people that are reading it, including me and you, the good. others, that gay is good. Yeah. And he said, oh, well, that's the opposite. It's bad here in the Bible, but you all are saying it's good and you're all living it out that way. So that's the opposite. That's taking it so lightly. Well, yeah. And I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, right? spe- speaking for myself, I actually don't think I interpret a, lo- a lot of those passages, if any of them, in the opposite way as Ted Wilson or any other conservative I mean, even in the past when I've had to like defend my beliefs to conservative Christians, I would always get stuck on being like, well, here's the issue. I think that I don't interpret those texts differently than you. I just interpret the context different than you do. That would make sense. I think that we both are believe, well, let's just take Leviticus 18.22 as an example. A man should not lie with another man as with a woman. I think that's like a pretty easy one to use as an example. Um, If you're reading this text plainly, it would seem obvious, I suppose. But as we have proven over and over again within this podcast, if you read and look into the context of what was happening, it makes a lot more sense. So if I'm hearing you correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. I will. (laughs) When you're saying this, what you're saying is if you look at it matter of fact, a lot of conservative Christians and us, for example, mm-hmm. would be looking at it the same way. That scenario would not be good. But yeah. when we take it, we're looking at the context where this was not a loving relationship. Precisely. Like when I when I read Leviticus, and we've talked about this before in previous episodes, so I don't want to like do it all over again. But when I read it, I'm just like, this is very clearly has nothing to do with love. The idea of love is never within that passage. Right. It's all about sex. And you and I both know, and hopefully we all know, that sex doesn't equal love. You can participate in a sexual act without love. Right. So could it be that perhaps that's what Leviticus is talking about? Because the Bible, as far Hmm. as I'm concerned, is all about, like, love. Yeah. So I think that Ted Wilson would agree with me on that. And I think that that's what those verses are trying to say. So when I read that, I'm like, I actually agree with Leviticus 18.22. I don't think that a man should be sleeping with another man as with a woman, which we've discussed in in other episodes. I mean, that's all about abuse. It's about power dynamic. It's about power and has nothing to do with love. So again, is this passage or any of those verses that they tend to use to demonize and condemn the queer community... Are, are any of these passages talking about love practically and literally? No. It's impossible. And as far as I'm concerned, as someone who's part of the queer community, I would condemn any action that is not loving in a sexual way. Like right. if there's not a loving consensual relationship, yeah, I think it's bad. Yeah. Absolutely. That's not even difficult for us to say. You and I have very clearly figured out where the line is. It's the conservatives that are always asking, well, Well, where's where's the line? Where's the line? I don't know. Well, look, guys, all these verses are talking about sex acts, not not love. love. So are we turning the word of God on its head? No, No. we're just being practical. No, no. So look, 
sex acts and love are not the same thing and they could be opposite of one another in certain situations. Very true. And the laws that we see and the guidance throughout the scripture are there to protect people, especially the innocent and the vulnerable and uh, men's property in the, in the case of women. Yeah, because we have progressed since biblical times. Yeah, so it's not the opposite. It's just more nuanced, and we're I'm I'm personally focusing on the actual context of it. I'm personally not for all same sex sex, but I am for love. Yes, all and for love, all against hate. Yeah, and, and selfishness. Like, like we said earlier, apparently there's no law against love. I mean, according to the book that they're using, mm-hmm. Paul's just like he lifts off the fruit of the spirit, and love is within that. He's like, right. no law against this. Yeah. So, I conservatives. <laughs> it just seems like very. What do you think about that? I mean, it feels very much like purposeful word choice, though, because by saying that the word of God is being turned on its head, that mm-hmm. we're using opposite language, right. it makes it seem like oh, suddenly my defenses need to go up. I have to protect myself yeah. and my religion against those who would completely change the Bible. Yeah. But that's not what we're doing. It's just a simple and I would also add incorrect way of viewing what is actually happening. Exactly. In the culture of the church and beyond. Yes. It, it just stop it. Right? Like <laughs> please see the it. context of what's happening in today's world too. Like not just with the Bible, but here like there've been countless people who have been hurt. And what all oh have goodness. you guys done about it? it hmm. That's clearly not what they want to be dealing with. Exactly. And that pains me to say, because I want, I want these people to not be this way. I want them, I want to look at them and say, no, you are doing a good work. Right. Like I wish Christianity was great. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I, I don't want bad things. I want good things. And I want all the people that are doing bad things to do good things. (laughs) Why is it that the supposed Keepers of morality are doing the worst things right now Hmm. and pitching just like the most nonsensical ideas at us. Oh, because what don't you know? Don't I know? No, I don't know. Christianity has to be good. It always is good, regardless of whatever. Can we just be honest that Christianity has a track record of being not good? Yes. Like as... (laughs) Historically speaking. (laughs) It's not to say that there aren't good Christians. Oh, yeah. Because no, there's a lot of saying. good Christians that have done lots of great things. But as a, a religion, a centralized religion, or it's not a centralized religion, but you know what I mean, as an idea that... As an organized religion. As an organized religion. There you go. That they have always been the bastions of morality, hope, and purity, and light. Mm. <sighs> Stop mm, it. No. Okay. Let, let's keep it going. Yeah. I just I just had to jump in on that. We kind of touched on that a little bit last week with the whole plane reading, but he takes it one step further here. Yeah. Let's turn on its head. I disagree, but I also disagree with his interpretation of so the context there. So on two accounts. There. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're, we're going deep here, right? Okay. <laughs> let's keep it going. I think I rewound this just a touch. Some of the most basic facts given in scripture are being ignored or twisted, such as Genesis 1, 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, 
be fruitful and multiply. Well, there's five hours worth of rebuttal on that. <laughs> so true. I'm just going to start with, probably for the rest of the episode, maybe we'll just talk about um, the quote that he says, the most basic facts such as Genesis. Chris. Yes. I have a pop quiz for you. Oh, no. Are okay. you ready? I, I know so. you are a tremendous student. Is the creation account in Genesis fact? I have no way of saying so. I mean, by definition, it's a creation account, so there would have been no one there while creation is happening, right? So how are we supposed to say it's fact? Uh, <laughs> I would dare say that it is not fact. If you believe it, that's fine. Right. But I think you'd also have to admit that there are plenty of other religions mm -hmm. and also non-religions that have a differing account of the origin of all of this. It's very true. Now, is theirs less fact or not fact at all? Well, the thing is we can't prove any of it is fact because we weren't there. Mm. It's like when you're at a, when you're in a jury mm -hmm. and you're, you know, deciding the fate of whoever's on trial. You, if you have a reasonable doubt about what they're saying, then you can't use it as fact. And this is difficult. Yes. This is well, maybe what he's trying to say is not that the the creation account in Genesis is factual. Maybe he's trying to say that it's a fact that Genesis says it. Now that is a fact. That would make more sense. I can agree with him if that's what he's trying to say. Mm. I not sure that that's it. I think it, that he's trying to say that what we're reading in Genesis is factual. It actually happened no matter what um, it seems anybody to, else says. It seems to me in this scenario that the basic facts such as Genesis was meant as a basic faith fact for Seventh-day Adventists specifically, okay, yeah. if not within Christianity specifically, but that's a basic fact that uh, everyone accepts. It's a fact uh, like and not everybody accepts it, but but it's a fact that that is part of the Seventh Day Adventist and other conservative Christian doctrine. Yes, again, to, to suggest that everybody accepts that is is not factual. I have yeah. lots of friends that are conservatives yeah. that in, in the Adventist Church and otherwise they're just like, nah. When I read that, I don't think it's a fact. I think it's, it's allegory. There's a lot or, of debate about it. Or, yeah, there's a there's as, as there should be. I mean, it's also a fact that Genesis has two differing accounts of the creation story back to back interesting so, uh, if you are reading it plainly as that, he says we should as he says we should so that is a problem but let's get to the nitty-gritty of it what is a fact can we say that the supposed genesis account is indeed a fact hmm. well a fact is a is something that is known or proven to be true and like we already said, no one was there. So how are we supposed to prove it? How indeed can you prove that any, honestly, anything in the Bible is fact? Hmm. Now, look, I used to teach the Bible for a living. Wow. But even then, I wouldn't say, look, to my students, I would never say this is fact. Unless right. I, I had actual data to back that up, which when it comes to the Bible, 
there's some historical stuff there that you can definitely tap into. We have actually done that before on this podcast. Right. I feel like you could argue that Genesis and the creation account is the least factual out of the Bible because it's the only thing that they admit openly in the Bible that no one was there. So you can't prove it. So look, facts do, sorry to break it to you, require proof to be facts. This, at best, is a theory. Right. It's not a bad one necessarily. And that's fine. Like faith is based off of belief. So if this is what you want to believe, that's great. But the problem comes when you cite it as fact when it cannot be proven as fact. Exactly. And, And, you know, for me personally, I would love to believe a loving God has created everything. That sounds beautiful. I think to that's me. awesome. Yeah. It's it's like less chaotic than other <laughs> origin ideas, certainly. I would love I I think that's great. But no matter how much I love that idea, I also cannot say it's a fact. Exactly. And so it bothers me that he would say that as a as a person of authority from a leadership role. Right. I understand why he does it, but it does in fact bother me to say because it's it's misleading yeah again unless unless what he's trying to say is that the facts uh are in the book of genesis which in that case that is a fact we can prove that right now all of us could open up to any bible digital or otherwise and see that in the account of genesis it talks about god creating a man and a woman with all the other things that it says that's a fact yeah that's fair but did it happen I mean, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Christians believe we'll see. Real quick, to, and we'll just kind of end here with this for today. But this idea of anything being a fact, whether you have evidence or proof or whatever for it or not, this I'm finding to be more and more ubiquitous within within Christianity. Mm. And I have got to say, (laughs) a perfect example of this is the way that Donald Trump Hmm. has really taken this nation and the world, in in, in a sense, Hmm. into this post-truth territory. When, Chris, you remember after his inauguration, which was not as well attended as Barack Obama's, and Trump was just incensed by that yeah (laughs) he had his press secretary at the time i believe his press secretary at the time um kellyanne conway yeah she got up at a press conference and defended his claim that he had more in attendance at his inauguration than obama did which was not true. No, and you can tell. <laughs> well, we actually have again evidence, proof, right? Not just evidence, proof yes. that that is not true. But she went and spun it as an alternative fact. Yeah, what does that mean? Alternative fact? That's not a thing. Well, as far as I can tell, an alternative fact is something that is not true but can be considered true. If you wish it hard enough, <laughs> or I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Like that's what I'm saying, like it doesn't it, there's make no sense. There's no such thing. That's the, that's not a thing. That's a that's a lie. <laughs> alternative fact is it just it's a lie. Make sense. Is what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This man lied about it, and here I am to spin that for you, so it doesn't seem so ridiculous. She said alternative fact. I remember hearing that and thinking to myself, Oh well, obviously everybody will dismiss that as being nonsensical and ridiculous. But, but you had like didn't. half of America people saying, Oh, okay. It. 
Yeah, no. Because you say the word fact and people are like, oh, that makes sense. Well, they also wanted it to be true because they these people despise Barack Obama for very obvious explanations. Mm. They want it to be true. Might as well just believe it. But that's the thing is wanting something to be true does not make it a fact. The other thing that I saw, this was the other day where, once again, Donald Trump is, as he is campaigning right now to become our 47th president of the United States. He was, oh, where was he? He was somewhere on the campaign trail. And he, prior to this particular speech, had made a couple gaffes. He's always making gaffes. But this pertained particularly to mixing up the names of Nancy Pelosi and Nikki Haley. Nancy Pelosi oh, yeah. being the former <laughs> Speaker of the House. Yeah. Nikki Haley being currently his opposition to, um, how do I want to say, it? the Republican nominee for the 2024 presidential yes. election. And he was saying uh, during January the 6th that it was all Nikki Haley's fault, who Nikki Haley could not further be removed from that conversation. <laughs> But basically, he just he mixed them up. Right. Right. And he didn't catch himself and he never corrected himself. In fact, the speech that I'm referring to that came later on, he was telling his followers that he did that on purpose. Mm. And I can't remember why he but the way that he said that was he says, I interpose Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi's names. Interpose. He says, I interpose, and he said this several times, which two points to that. Number one, like this is very clearly a new word that he has learned, maybe from his War of the Day toilet paper is what the (laughs) pundits were suggesting. I was like, could be, could be, or one of his staff told him to say that. Um, but the but the second point of that's that not is what that means. it's not what it means yeah. at all. When you interpose, it's like you put yourself in between somebody or something. You interject or yeah, yeah, you're interrupting or or whatever. He's using. I guess he wants to say like ex, exchange or. I'm trying I, to think of a word that makes sense, but I don't. That's not at all makes. That doesn't make any it sense. Makes no ex, it makes no sense in the context he's context, using. It. Yeah. Does interchange? work interchange um, you could say two things could be interchanged yes two or more people yeah, that would exchange make more things with each other well, i mean that's um yeah the interchange of ideas so maybe that's what he meant to say but that's not what he said so in in trying to cover up a gaffe he made, made yet another gaffe and it, people just agreed with him they're oh, like yeah yeah, that makes sense. yeah that makes sense. that's that's what that word means now it just shows how people in power, when enough people believe that they're going to tell the truth no matter what, they're willing to p- turn a blind eye towards the obvious errors in the speech, the mannerisms, whatever, because that is their person in power. They are behind them 100%. Yeah, it just irritates it's, me it's sad. because it's like, obviously, this guy has no clue what he's talking about, but everybody's like, well, we will change actual fact to accommodate his mistakes. But that's kind of what people are doing with Ted Wilson, too. That's like, uh, that's what I'm saying. This, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're just like, oh, it's a fact. Well, that's not what a fact well, I guess is, that but makes sense. But, you know, well, you know, it sounds he's good Ted to me. Wilson. And... He's got to know what he's talking about. Does he, though? Um, 
again, I'm not sure how he's using it. He could, again, I already that's, argued that's that he could okay, be using it. And like, it's the fact that Jensen says this, but in my heart, <laughs> I like, I based off of experience. And that's really what it is based off of experience. I've, I've heard way too many conservative Christians just like lambast you. If you suggest that maybe Genesis didn't happen the way that it says it did. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, for them, they do want it to be a fact, and that would even be a hill that they're willing to die on, and particularly if it helps them to argue against something that they think is wrong, <laughs> despicable, however it is that you want to say it, then yeah, you you go ahead and you just you just decide that that's going to be a fact, right, because it, it just it just backs up your your argument. All right, well, we're going to call it quits there for the Ted Wilson video today. Where do we end up minute-wise on this video? We I'm are guess minute We are at a minute 50 in the video. Oh, wow. The video itself is 12 minutes and 29 <laughs> seconds long, so we're making some headway. Oh, my goodness. Four episodes in, and we're at the end of the fourth episode. Uh, I have lots more to say here about this creation account thing, and I mm. think that probably we'll go ahead and get into that. Once we get once we get back next week, Chris. But until then, may your days be as long as the movie Adventures Endgame, right. and your troubles be as short as my music career. Ooh. Go forward and enjoy life, 